0: The following is a special presentation of the Mars Attacks podcast, member of Talking Metal Digital. Two parties will present their cases, and the judge will
1: select the Be All and All track that will represent music for all eternity. Welcome to Mars Attacks' My Favorite Kiss, featuring Chris from the Decibel Geek podcast, Talking Metal Digital's own Mitch Lafon. Here is your host and the judge, Victor.
0: Welcome one and all to another episode... Of My favorite kiss right here on Mars Attacks and joining me like the last time we have two creatures of the night that like to talk to me and like to I fucked it up I was gonna throw in crazy night somewhere in there but anyway we have uh, Mitch Lafon from one on one with Mitch Lafon and talking metal digital and we have Chris from the decibel geek podcast
1: good day. Good day, boys.
0: And similar to what we did the last time around, it was guitarist part one. And we have guitarist part two this time around. We will kick things off with the original lead guitarist in Kiss, Mr. Paul Daniel Freely, better known as Ace Freely. Um, yes. Who's won the coin toss and would like to go with their selection first?
1: Chris, go ahead. Oh, I won the
2: coin toss because there's yeah. certain there's a number of sides to the coin, right?
1: Um, okay. There's only one, there's only one side to this coin. <laughs> <There it
2: is. laughs> okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, my first ace pick is uh parasite from hotter than hell. It's, uh, it's the, it's kind of got a, well, as of with all of hotter than hell, it's got kind of a dark atmosphere about it. That could be the, the poor production quality that kind of lends to kind of a creepy sound and, I think this song sounds like no other song in the entire Kiss catalog. I don't think Kiss ever wrote another Parasite. And it's a really original track. You know, as we all know, Ace wrote the original track. Probably should have sang on it, but he was too nervous at the time, if you believe the stories you're told. Um, the-
1: I don't. Knowing Gene and Paul now, they, yeah. they probably told him to go screw himself and, and said, we're going to sing this stuff. Don't worry about it, There young man will take over yeah <laughs> but right, actually
2: ahead. i prefer i prefer the way the chorus sounds on the studio version as to what they do on the on the live version because right. the chorus they kind of they take their time with it and it's got that uh, the big drum sound behind it um and the solo man this is this is an awesome solo you know it's full of vibrato and ace is doing that real fast picking thing that he does and uh yeah i think it's a it's a great snapshot at uh, Kiss in their early days. I love the song.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh my uh, my first Ace song has to be the ultimate Ace song, uh, Shock Me. I mean, it represents everything about Ace, it was him singing, it was his guitar, it was his experience. It it's it's the ultimate Ace Frehley Kiss song. That that's it. And Tommy Thayer does a great version live by the way. Mm. Just saw, hmm. I just, I just thought I'd add in it. No, but no, honestly, uh, <laughs> I, I think everything about shot me is, is fantastic. Uh, you know, I just can't think of another kiss song that represents ACE. And it was nice to have it on love gun. See, yeah. yeah I win.
0: <laughs> Chris, number two for you.
2: <sighs> okay. My number two, uh, is save your love from dynasty.
0: And, Ooh. uh, it's a good
2: one. I think this is kind of a buried treasure because it's like it's uh it's buried on the album, but for a Kiss song, it's kind of it's for, especially, for, especially for an Ace song, it's kind of a mature song for Kiss. It's a it's a breakup song, which you don't hear a ton of Kiss breakup songs, especially from Ace. But uh, no, it's it's an awesome song. I know some people are don't really dig the, say your love. you know, I, I, and maybe that's not great, but the song itself is cool. And the solo, man, I mean, it's a it's an extended solo and it actually goes places. And when A starts doing the thing with the toggle switch, it's a it's a cool song and it's a fantastic guitar. solo. I love the song.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: going to go ahead.
0: No, no, I was just going to intro you, Mitch. Go ahead. What's your number two?
1: Uh, You know, I was going to say Sweet Pain from Destroyer, but turns out it's Dick Wagner playing on that. So (laughs) I'll have to go with. Yeah. What a shock, right? I'll have to go with Rocket Ride from Alive 2. Um, you know, that there's been a lot of rumors that Bob Kulik played and touched up stuff on the Alive 2 album. He, of course, did most of the songs on what was known as Side 4. But yet Rocket Ride stands out. And, you know, when Fraley's Comet got together, and even now... Uh, a lot of fans, after they hear Shock Me, they go, dude, I got to hear Rocket Ride. So it's another one of those songs that defines Ace in Kiss. And again, it's because of his vocal, but also because of the chord progression, the sound. It, everything about it is signature Ace Frehley. So d- number two has got to be Rocket Ride from Alive 2.
2: Yeah, the solo in that one is almost a whole song in itself. You know. Yeah, and it's fantastic. way it builds up yeah and the wa- use of the wawa is really great on that song yeah,
1: absolutely and and even the lyric is is a sort of cheesy <laughs> lyric that that we've gotten used to ace doing and it, for that reason it's very endearing it's 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 the penultimate uh ace song in kiss that's,
2: that's a big word like gymnasium
1: i know right after ultimate i, I threw in penultimate but i'm just, i'm yeah. i'm rolling yeah.
0: <laughs> Chris choice number three.
2: Okay, well, Mitch said earlier he wins because of his pick for Shock Me. Well, we both win because that's my third pick is Shock Me from Love Gun. Go. The solo, I mean, I think it's the pinnacle of his playing solo-wise, and uh, it's its a great hook. It's got great lyrics. Who else could turn an almost death, you know, a deathly tragedy into a song about sex? Um and the, yeah, the solo is is amazing. Yeah, I think yeah, I'd say you know, "Shock Me" and "Rocket Ride." Those the solos for those are just incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Know, Victor, I what agree? do you think?
0: It doesn't matter what I think unless I got to do a right. tiebreaker here. It's Actually, unless <laughs> I
1: got to do a tiebreaker, so uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my Fraley singing writing theme and have to go back to the first album and go with Cold Gin. Simple song, simple lyric, uh, and I think Ace is playing on it. It's very tasteful, very effective, and if you just look at the success of it, 40 years later, it still shows up in the set list. Uh, you know, and it was one of those songs that when the uh, reunion tour rolled around, everybody was thrilled to hear play again, and everybody was thrilled to hear Ace sing you know half a chorus or a verse or whatever it was um mm. so i'm gonna go with with cold gin you know there's no guitar gymnastics going on on cold gin it's just simple and effective and it's a it tastes fairly
2: yeah and that was the song that sealed my fandom as a fan that was the yeah. that one for some reason when i put on a live for the first time i put it on that side and um i didn't i wasn't blown i was you know i was 12 so when the you know rock bottom starts the side and i heard the little you know acoustical intro and i'm like "Ah, i don't want to hear that and i went to the next song and it was cold gin and Mm -hmm. once i heard that once they kick into the main riff on that song i was i was hooked on kiss from that day forward
1: yeah and we all we all sort of know that 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 you know that, that 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 riff it just it just sticks in your head and so for that reason it has to be considered classic ace friendly definitely
0: all of these tracks are, are classic. I mean, ultimately, from what you guys have put forward here, Chris has already said it, it's obvious. Shock Me is the definitive Ace Frehley song. You guys both picked it. So I, I, there's no dispute there, no tiebreaker needed on my end. Um, we move forward then.
1: You, you might want to break the tiebreak on whether Tommy does a great live version <laughs> or, or not. <laughs> Chris seemed oh to have rolled his eyes. I could hear the rolling of the eyes over the internet.
2: Yeah. And you were accurate with that.
1: It sounded like oh. a squeaky barn door.
2: The man had two songs on the last two albums. Let him sing one of those.
1: Jeez. That that I fully, fully agree with. I mean he absolutely. or if he's gonna do a song that Ace is known for, let it be two thousand man or one of those songs that Ace covered that aren't necessarily yeah. ace songs, but but yeah, but
2: it's okay. as dumb as it's, as it's as dumb as Eric singing Beth.
1: Yeah, I happen to like Eric singing Beth, but I don't. Listen, the, the, those decisions aren't made by Eric and Tommy. So. Oh, I know. Yeah,
2: my blame is with Paul and Gene on that.
1: Absolutely. Shall Shall we do Vinnie Vincent or are we going to Bruce first? Let's, I'm ready to fight uh, on this one.
0: Let, let's let, let's go to Vinny. Let's go in <laughs> chronological order here. Let's let's uh, pull the the golden onk out. And oh God! Let's see. Oh, it's out!
1: <laughs> it's out.
0: Since uh, Chris started off with Ace, Mitch, why don't you start off with Vinny Vincent?
1: All right, let's go. Let's go with Vinny. Um, you know, I'm going to start with the Creatures of the Night album. There's a lot of dispute as to who actually played on what but as far as i know um, the song killer has vinnie's guitar work all over it and i think killer mm-hmm. is obviously a killer song I, I, it's just a great song it, it, it just i don't want to call it a ditty but it just moves i think the guitar work is is uh, tasteful but it's Vinny so it's not that tasteful but for <laughs> what it is killer killer is a great song one of those songs that uh, I, I would love to see the band do on the Kiss cruise or in Vegas or just pull it out and play it again. Um, you know, there cool. you go. Kiss Killer from uh, Creatures of the Night is a great one.
0: Excellent.
2: on the sub- on the subject of that song. I was watching. Um, so I don't know if it. I don't. So I wound up finding out it apparently among a lot of bootleg collectors, it's not rare. But somebody put up some stuff on YouTube from the day Kiss played Maricana Stadium in '83 on the Creatures Tour, and uh, like it's a lot of footage of people of fans before the show and the audience. You know, outside the stadium. And a lot of them are singing "Killer," and so I'm wondering if that song was getting radio airplay in Argentina or something. But like that one and "I Love It Loud," the, the people just keep they're singing lines from that song. It's just yep. it's like of all the songs, I wouldn't expect that to be one that was popular out there.
1: Yeah, but "Killer" a great song. I mean, it, it's oh, it a is. perfect yeah. little hard rock heavy metal song. One of the best that Kiss has ever done. And again, sadly ignored because it wasn't on the first three albums, which is all they play live. So.
2: Hey. Yeah, I agree. I'd I'd love to hear them break that one out. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: You mean you guys aren't Tommy happy. would
1: do a great version.
0: <laughs> Tommy could probably pull it off with uh, I mean he's not a slight. Yeah, he could play that one. Yeah. The so- the solo Tommy, Tommy
1: can pretty much play any of the songs. Yeah. But- sure. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think Eric and Tommy are probably big advocates for playing a lot of that stuff. It just it's it's gonna get cut off when Paul and Gene are hear it and they're like, Nah, we're not playing that.
1: I, I Quite frankly, I think Gene, Gene is up for this stuff, too. I think it's Paul that, that puts the kibosh on most stuff. But I'm not there. I'm not Paul. I'm
0: just taking an educated guess.
2: We need to have a full set list episode one of these days.
0: We will have one in the future. <laughs> okay. the, the Mitch set list, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I was, I'm as outraged as you are over it. So.
0: The Alive at the Cruise, because they haven't been oh. doing the Alive set oh. list enough. Since, uh, it's the
1: 6th anniversary of the Alive 35 tour get it straight people and
0: I was actually at that tour and uh, when I saw yes. them say that they are going to do it at the cruise I'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me same songs I yeah. saw them play back in 09 oh. well,
1: which next we've seen a since be... 73
2: yeah. yeah yeah next it'll be next year on the cruise double platinum in it's entirety
1: <laughs> alright uh, yeah, alright it, it'll be the Sonic Boom tour set list <sighs>
2: Oh, I can't wait to hear I'm an Animal again.
1: Uh, oh, that okay. was worse song. All right, go for it. Your your first Vinny pick.
2: Okay, my first Vinny pick, and my only one from the Creatures album, is Satan Center And this is a cool track from uh, that people don't typically bring up much, and this is another one they should bring out live, because it would be cool to hear. And one of Eric Carr's better drum jobs. Uh, this is a, it's a, it's a kind of... a. This shows off Vinny's melodic side, because like everybody talks about him being over the top. There's plenty of examples of him not going over the top, and the solo on this one is one of them. And if you listen to the solo, the solo has almost like a lap steel country vibe to it, if you listen to it. And Mm -hmm. I think where that might come from is Vinny's uh, father was a lap steel guitar player, and one of Vinny's first instruments in Connecticut was lap steel guitar. So I think he kind of brought a little bit of that in when they recorded this song. It's a very... It's an odd solo for the Kiss catalog but that's kind of why I picked it.
1: You know way too much about Vinny. I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're in love with the Vinny, the Vinster. I'd still love to interview yeah, uh, him. But we all he, he would. <laughs> wouldn't be able, he wouldn't be able to uh, withstand the grilling.
0: The, do if they, I Did they have Powerball uh, in Canada or something similar? Uh,
1: we have uh, uh, Lotto Max.
2: Yeah, we have the Powerball reading. The Powerball is tonight, and if I win, I will try to get the interview.
1: There you go. You can you can offer him the twenty five thousand or whatever he wants. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, believe me. I and it, if I interviewed him, I would be grilling him too. But yeah, he he. The la- I don't think he wants to talk to you or me, Mitch. Yeah.
1: No, no. I, I'm yeah. part of. The- we're
2: both. Uh, we're both troublemakers, according. to him. we're, we're right. on the
1: ban list. It's yes, funny how people in Kiss who that don't want to talk to certain interviewers because they would ask questions that are not part of the PR machine. I mean, you know, Eddie trunk would not sugarcoat any questions with, with Paul and he no. gets banned and, you know, yep. all right. Song, shall we do song two?
0: Song number two, go ahead.
1: Uh, you know, song two, I'm i I'm going to have to go with lick it up from lick it up again. Not a lot of crazy playing. It's just that sometimes You know, it's not about this crazy playing. It's about being effective and playing for the song. And you can't deny that Lick It Up brought Kiss Back from the Brink. Vinny did not save Kiss. The song did. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's been featured in The Sopranos. It's been featured in all kinds of video games. It's one of the only non-makeup songs that the band will play live these days. It's Therefore, it stood the test of time. Um, And, and, you know, you can just hear the playing in your head. I'm sure people listening to me now are just going, you know, know, they're just playing that part in their head. Um, So, yeah, and I think that's Vinny right there. Simple, effective, makes the song without that playing. You don't have a song, and it stood the test of time. So look it up.
0: Chris, Mm. you're number two.
2: My number two from the Lick It Up album is Not For The Innocent, and as Victor knows, I love this song, because I've actually I think I played out the show the last time Aura was with Mark when I did the talking metal thing, but yeah, I uh, it's a cool song, this shows off um, how good of a partnership Gene and Vinny had when they would write together Um, It's a simple, hard riff, the the lyrics are cool Um, and you know, I think the solo this is a solo that is definitely all over the place, but this is it works in this case because the riff is so simple so it's kind of a good contrast for the for the riff but it's a it's a cool song and if anyone's ever heard the uh the demo where paul and gene trade vocals i so wish they had recorded it that way for the album it would have been a much better song but yeah not for the innocent really really good song
1: it really is and you're right about the uh, the demo it's it's been posted on occasion on youtube great sounding version of the song
2: yeah it would have worked great if they both done that
1: and back on the street had had a, made it out of the demo uh, sessions into an actual Kiss album. I think would have been great, but sadly it didn't. Um, yeah, so
2: supposedly, supposedly there's a demo with Paul singing. It's locked up somewhere.
1: Oh, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear it, but you know they they they'll never release it because then they would have to pay Vinny some royalties, and yep, they wouldn't be thrilled <laughs> about that. Um, That's too, too bad. Now. It's unfortunate that we have to stay uh, to songs that the guys played on because I, my third pick would have been Unholy, even though yep. Bruce did all, did all the guitar work. But, it, you know, it's a, it's a Vinny song. So it, then uh, if we have to go with stuff they played on, War Machine from um, Creatures of the Night. Again, the, one of the first things you'll think of when you hear that song in your head is not the lyric. It's not I'm a War Machine. You'll hear that and You'll hear the music. You'll hear the guitar part, and to me, that's the sign of a uh, classic guitar part. That's something that you can hum. And War Machine is it. And again, mm-hmm. it's one of those songs that they are still playing live. They resurrected it last year on the tour, two years ago, and so again, another one that has stood the test of time. And if that's the case, then you got to say it's the classic. It's a classic. Yeah.
2: And such a such a dark sludgy guitar solo because like a, yep. the, the the guitar solo works for a song that would be called War Machine. I love the solo in that song.
1: Yeah, and listen, the Stone Temple Pilots stole it on one of their songs. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: sex type uh, thing, yeah.
1: Sex type thing. So uh, if if people are going to be lifting the guitar part, I think that's the ultimate compliment. Um, and so you have to say that it's that it's a classic guitar part. So War Machine.
0: Chris, your number three. Good one.
2: My number three from Lick It Up is why this song was never released as a single, I will never know, and why outside of it only being played on Paul's solo tour, I'll never know. My third pick is A Million to One, and man, Great what song. a song. I mean, this 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 is some of Paul's best writing, and then this is Paul and Vinny writing this one together, and it was written from a really dark place for Paul uh, following a really bad breakup. Well, when you lose your girlfriend to Dan Aykroyd, of course you're going to be bummed out. But, um, and then the, the solo, the solo complements the, the melody of the song really good because it's, it's got that, uh, kind of whiny melodic sound through most of it. And then it ends with the two handed tapping, you know, he was very much going to the Eddie Van Halen school of guitar for the solo there, but it, um, the solo is fantastic. It's just every time I hear this song, I'm like, why on earth was this not all over the radio? It really should have been a single.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll, Yeah, it is. And when Paul did it on his club tour uh, a couple of years or a few years ago, it, it was just great to hear. And it's great to have a live version available, actually.
2: Yeah, that was my that was my favorite thing about the One Life Kiss album because I was like, finally, we get to hear this live.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's too bad the, the the backing band didn't play it with balls, but it was great to hear Paul singing.
2: <laughs> they played it with flash though. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, but it sound, it sounded almost hollow notes, you know, like hollow It sounded it sounded too pretty. It didn't sound dirty like it's supposed to. That's true. There you go. Yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's now nice you're going to have to pick you're gonna have to pick, Mister Victor.
0: I got to pick here, and this is very difficult because I love all of these tracks uh, for right. for various reasons. And you guys hit upon a lot of great points. Um, when you go to something like Satan Sinner, uh, for example, Chris, you're saying that they should play it live. Gene would have to learn the bass track because <laughs> yeah, totally. Learned. Eric Carr played the bass track on that song, so right. Um. Killers a magnificent song, not for the innocent. You know, if if not for the innocent, had the dual vocals with Gene and Paul, I think it would be a home run. With that being the the track to pick for Vinny, Um, lick it up. They played it on Dancing with the Stars. For God's sakes, as as uh, Mitch is saying, it's transcended all these decades after it was released. Really has still an ultra popular song a million to one played live on that tour because Eddie Trunk suggested it to him. Um, Oh gosh. Yeah. That's what, that's what Eddie says. So, okay. I'm I'm, I'm going to keep,
2: I'm going to keep off my soapbox. All right.
0: But I have to say (laughs) seeing, um, seeing Vinny, that Brazil show on top of the tank doing war machine, um, seeing that that track is dethroned God of thunder years later as being yep. the um, track for Gene to fly up to the uh, to, to the lighting truss and everything and a track that I've loved since day one. I gotta go with War Machine as being the be all end all Vinny track.
1: Yeah. There you go. See, it's the Vinny track. And of course because Stone Temple pilots lifted it. <laughs> it just goes <laughs> to show how good it is.
0: Absolutely.
2: So there you go. Just in, yeah. But hey, I can't uh, I can't complain.
1: Love it. Now the the, the Bruce Kulick battle should be interesting because my picks are a little bit all over the place here. And that's. What we're oh, gonna... mine are too. <laughs> all right. Let's let's hear. It. let let's, let's Shall we let flip another coin, or shall Chris go first? We'll,
0: we'll let um, Mr. Sinzak go first. All
2: right. The first, my first pick for Bruce is. This is a kind of an obvious one because it's this song was basically Bruce's coming out party, and I think it's one of the best. It may be the best solo he ever put down on tape as far as a member of Kiss goes, but tears are falling from asylum. It's, And, and I love the story about when, you know, he. this was his first real album with the band outside of just a little bit on Animalize. and I like reading the quote about when he went in to work on this album, and he loved the song when Paul brought it in and demo for him and was like, and then Paul looked at him and said, I'm going to give you a full verse to do your solo on here. So he gave him a huge, meaty chunk of the song to put a solo in. And it was a solo that had a real beginning, a middle, and an end. And it's just a fantastic, melodic guitar solo. It's, it's some of Bruce's best work, and uh, it's, a, it's a great song and uh, something he should totally be proud of.
1: And it's it's also a song that should have survived the test of time, and they should still be playing it live. It's, it's sort of a way that they don't.
2: Um, you know, yeah, it's been it's a so shame. 10 years since they played it.
1: Well, then let me give you my, my number one, because I'm sticking on the same album, but this time I'm not talking about classic songs or effective guitar playing. I'm just talking about Wailing Away, and uh, I think I'm Alive is is a great track it just it just balances along and i think the whole guitar part is what makes it and bruce is just wailing away um you know is it a track they should be playing live now probably not i mean it's sort of a throwaway but but just a great great guitar work on it i mean great for bruce to to, to, to come out on asylum and hit people with a track with just this wild guitar stuff going on all over the place so i'm alive from
2: asylum Hmm. interesting pick Different pick. I, yeah, I I'm not the, the biggest Ace... fan of that show.
1: Yeah, you know, I not chose the... the Ace songs based on the classic meanings to them and I picked the Vinny songs on how they've endured the test of time. But for for Bruce here, I'm I'm really trying to pick just him wailing away and uh, I'm a Oh well,
2: you know, technique wise, yeah, he, he definitely rips on the song. I'm just not a big fan of the yeah. song itself.
1: Yep. But that's okay. that's a classic that's a classic Koolikism for you.
2: Okay, so for my second pick For Bruce um going to one of Victor's favorite albums Crazy Nights <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I'm picking a song that, that Bruce wrote along with Gene called Hell or High Water And I think it's, you know, Gene gets a lot of Slack for some of the stuff he put out in the 80s And for good reason cause You're singing about putting logs in fireplaces And you should get some flack for that But uh this is a cool song. It's it's very different lyrically for Gene. It's uh one of his best 80s songs. It's got a swagger. The backing vocals are good, and Bruce's solo is perfect for the the Bruce the solo Bruce plays on this, and maybe this is me being a Vinnie fanboy coming out. Almost has a Vinnie Vincent flavor to it because it's got a little bit of chaos going on in it, but and also has a really cool um outro solo uh that's in the same style but yeah this is a good track that that bruce and gene put together i'll always love this song
1: yeah it's not a, that's not a bad pick at all right there um all right for for number two for me I, i've got to go to revenge and the one song and one video that that reignited my interest in KISS. Because, you know, as we got into 86, 87, and there was Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and Motley Crue and all these bands making albums that were significantly better than what KISS was putting out at the time, uh, I lost the plot. And um, when I saw Unholy on the TV, on good old Much Music, uh, it brought me right back. And it was that guitar sound, that... You know... On Hope, oh, that just just that whole musical part, and uh, and so of course seeing Eric Singer on the drums was also a, a great reveal. But yeah, Unholy, Unholy is just a classic song. It has been the Gene in shows uh, over the last decade as well, sometimes swapping in and out with uh, God of Thunder or War Machine, and it endures. It you know, and a lot of talk about did Vinny play on it or not you know, the answer seems to be no. And so what's left is Bruce and it's all Bruce and it sounds absolutely phenomenal. So unholy from revenge.
2: I'll give you that. His, yeah, his solo on that is incredible, but it's, all right. and this was, yes. this song kind of, this song kind of grabbed a lot of people by the throat and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what happened to Kiss, you know? And I remember, yeah, I had a, my best friend was big into Anthrax and Megadeth and stuff like that. And I was a Kiss fan. And then he saw the video before I did, and he called me up freaking out, and he's like, dude, you're not going to fucking believe the new Kiss song. And I was like, yeah. if you're saying that, then I know it's something different. And then I, uh, I stayed up for like hours waiting for MTV to show it, and they finally showed it at like 2 in the morning. And I was like right. kind of slack-jawed. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what is this? I, I loved it, though. Yeah, it was, it, it, that, that song really did make people start paying attention to them again.
1: Yeah, it 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 put him right back on the map. And uh, listen, the again, it's not the vocal, it's not the lyrics, it's not even the drumming. That that guitar part yep. is what grabs people's attention. And so, unholy has to has to be my second Bruce pick. Good one. And now pick number three, Chris. Let's hear this. Okay. All
2: right, I uh, I picked nothing from Revenge. My third pick is from Carnival of Souls.
1: And oh, mine too. The-
2: Oh really? Well, wonderful. I don't yeah. I don't know that we picked the same song. Um no. my pick was Seduction of the Innocent. And um oh,
0: wow.
2: I love really? the the yeah, I love and I this is a lot of people hate this song. And um the yeah, me. the structure yeah, the str <laughs> well the main structure of the song is not great. The 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 verse parts are the I just I the it's a weird kind of an atonal guitar riff. Almost like a Middle Eastern type sound. And I know Gene Gene's idea for this song, the melody that for that guitar riff came up. He wrote that when he was like five years old, and he uh, it, sounds it was like based. It. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was based off um, a song he wrote when he was five, called something like "My Girlfriend Bought Me Ice Cream" or something like that. I read this in an interview. And um, he wanted to turn that melody into a song, and he did. But the reason I picked it is Bruce's guitar tone and playing on this song is great. And it's got like a wah-wah slide guitar part over the main riff, and the solo is one of Bruce's best solos. A lot of people turn the song off before it gets to the solo, so they don't know how good the solo is. But it's the solo starts out over that, that verse melody, you know, with the little slide guitar part, but then when it breaks into the to the chorus chords and he starts really wailing on the chorus it is fucking awesome and yeah it's it's not the greatest song they ever wrote but it's a brute for if i have to get this is kind of my pick of like of yours with i'm alive i'm totally not a fan of that as a song but bruce's playing is really admirable and it's the same way on this one not the best song but his playing is really really great on this one
1: all right I'll, i'll i'll give you that um since we're doing Carnival of Souls, I'm going to stick with that for my third pick, and I'm going to go with the only song that is worth retaining from that album, the the shining light in an otherwise dark hole, uh, Master and Slave. Uh, really? Bruce, Yeah, Bruce co-wrote it. Um, you know, uh, listen, when when I put together the uh, A World With Heroes Kiss tribute, that was the only Carnival, a soul song worth worth saving, and and Phil Phil Lewis did a great job on it, by the way. But yeah, Master and Slave, it's the great, it's one of the great Kiss songs that nobody knows about because it's it's on such an incredibly bad album that uh, people oh, don't man, get a I chance disagree. to hear
2: it. But you only like one song on that album.
1: Well, Well, yeah. What else is worse? Well, okay, Jungle is not bad, but... Jungle's good. Rain is is good.
2: It never goes goes away. In the Mirror. There's some good songs on that. Hate is a good song. Uh, All
1: right, listen, I'll give you (laughs) In the Mirror. You know, the problem is with those songs, or that album, is that all those songs are stuck together and they don't work. I I think if you took Master and Slave and stuck it on the greatest hits and In the Mirror and stuck it on the greatest hits and jungle and st- stuck it on a i don't know a live compilation it could work but just all together it, it's somewhat tedious but that said master and slave yeah psycho circus wasn't that you know kiss has had a lot of <laughs> misfires in the last few years but uh
2: i'm sorry i'm turning this into something different than what victor wants i'm sorry <laughs> no, that's fine <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I think, well, some of the problem with, with Carnival of Souls, and I know it's not what you want, Victor, but I, I think some of the songs are just too long. I walk alone at, at over six minutes, you know, three minutes of Bruce singing, I would have gone, okay, I'm in. Uh, Jungle it's, uh, at almost seven minutes, I mean, it's unnecessary. Jungle would have been a great three and a half minute song. Uh, I agree you know, even you Master that. and the Slave, Master and the Slave is five minutes, and other than the fact that the version on the A world with heroes is so great with Phil Lewis singing, the kids version would have been great at three minutes, 15. Um, you okay, know, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, the, all of these songs, had they come in at three, three and a half would have been a lot, even seduction of the innocent. You talk about people not getting to the solo. Well, it's because the first two minutes are incredibly boring. Thanks. <laughs> you know, clean that up. But, but seriously, clean that up, and you might have had a great yeah. song. Um, yeah. I confess, five and a half minutes. Why? You know, not necessarily. I think they were. But,
2: to, yeah, but they were yeah, trying to go to. They were kind of going for that whole Black Sabbathy type thing.
1: Yeah, but you know, it's not Kiss. But Master and Slave, an incredibly brilliant song. uh it had a writing credit on it. His playing is is fantastic on it. Uh Paul's vocal is fantastic on it. Um yep. so there you go. Master and the Slave from Carnival of Souls. That is the only time about to talk in, in in a positive light about that horrible album. <laughs> there you oh. go. Carnival of Souls. Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> listen. Maybe I'm over exaggerating. It's not horrible, horrible. It's just too long. Cut but the even song bad kisses
2: even okay. Bad Kiss is better than other bands.
1: Oh, agreed. Agreed. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, hey, Toby Wright did a great job on the production. He he was brought in to make a Kiss grunge record, and he delivered. So, I yep. mean, he gets a lot of flack what... and shit, but he did what he had to do.
2: Yeah, that's what they ordered.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I know people – I've spoken to Toby, and I know people give him a lot of grief and saying, oh, blah, 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 the Kiss out. Uh, but he did what he, you know, he put it up against Soundgarden, against uh, Brother Kane, and all those grunge bands, and it stood, it stood sonically uh, up against those albums. So, kudos to to Toby, and, um, and kudos to Bruce and and the rest of the guys for Master and Slave. Great song.
0: Had the reunion tour have not happened, do you think that album would have been completely different?
1: Yes. Yes, because they, mm-hmm. they would have actually finished it. Yeah, when, you, when, you, when you think back or, or you look at the story, these are basically the demos that Bruce mm-hmm. Kulik went in later with Toby Wright and polished up. Uh, there were not a lot of overdubs. There were not a lot of extra work. It was not of like, okay, let's think that, oh, that part should be changed. It was like, okay, this is what the band left on tape uh yeah. the bootlegs came out the fans started trading them and the record company said well we're not losing our investment so throw whatever up and see what sticks so yeah absolutely it could it would have been polished up and would have been much more effective and, and they would have yeah, realized I, the songs were too long
2: well i you know and i agree with you there cuz it does sound like it's an unfinished album but The thing is, you know, and in reality, though, if the reunion never happened and it went and it was put out even with a promotional push, I still think I think it would have tanked anyway.
1: Oh, absolutely! Much like uh, Def Leppard's, uh, the hell was that song? Um, The album that had not Slang, the one that came out right after that that had um, Euphoria. Oh, Euphoria, yeah yeah all those bands that were putting out albums that they were all destined to fail even even the Bon Jovi albums of the late nineties were, were were failure I mean you know it was the time nothing could have saved Carnival of souls in terms no. of commercial success nothing yeah, absolutely you're right. nothing. they
2: would have been they would have been playing theaters at best after that,
1: which is what which is sort of what they were doing when you when you think of the revenge tour they started off in the little clubs and they go yeah yeah, it was promotional um right. I'm not so sure it was promotional and and then when they got to the arenas they weren't full. You know, I bought no. my Kiss Revenge ticket day of the show and mm-hmm. I was almost front row, so um
2: well, it did it did well here, but they always did well here, but I've heard other places it was practically half empty in almost all of them.
1: Yeah, and you know, when you go to the venue and it's full, it doesn't mean it's sold. Sometimes it just means it was papered. So Yeah, you know, amphitheatres do yeah. that a lot. They really do. They really do. So uh, I think by the time uh, Carnival of Souls rolled around, had we not had Unplugged and the convention tour, and look, even the convention tour, they were sort of down to, well, how can we get out there and play music and and, and make some money and And, not embarrass ourselves? You know?
2: Yeah.
1: You know? So there you go. Survival. Carnival of Souls. Survival mode. Master and slave. What Three wonderful picks. <laughs>
0: uh, again, Mine too. Uh, again, a, a bunch of songs that... Uh, outside of Hell or High Water, which uh, Chris was trying <laughs> to uh, win my votes earlier today by sending me all types of uh, YouTube clips and, and whatnot. Uh, um, it's
2: poisoning you know, the well. The- yes, I was.
0: <laughs> oh, um, so So, yes... Um, That's the only one that I really haven't played a lot. Even Seduction of the Innocent, I've actually played a a considerable amount. At one point in time, that was my favorite track off of Carnival of Souls. So, uh, yes, I have played that track a considerable amount. Um, If I have a, a gun to my head and I have to choose out of all of these wonderful tracks that you guys put forward, the one track that stands out and that Basically, all three of us had that holy shit moment when we first heard it or, or saw the video. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is unholy. Um, yeah. So it would, would definitely have to be unholy for me. I remember uh, hearing that on the radio for the first time. I Actually, this song in the New York market was debuted the same night as uh, the, the first Lynch Mob album with Robert Mason. So I remember they played them both mm. back-to-back, Tangled in the Web, and Unholy. And both songs I absolutely loved, but Unholy, I mean, obviously is a classic track um, that if had any band have released this, I mean, it would be something that would have, you know, lasted the test of time in in my opinion. So the Be All, End All Bruce track, in my opinion, um, being the tiebreaker, is Unholy.
1: Yep. See? So. There you choice. go. Unholy. Unholy is the winner.
0: With uh, with regards to what you guys were just talking about, there, there's such a, a misnomer about how KISS would have just faded away had Ace and Peter not come back into the fold. They wouldn't have even been able to play um, you know, theaters and things of that nature, which I think I've always thought is complete nonsense. I mean, if you look at it now... If they weren't going out and doing these double bills with Def Leppard or Motley Crue or Aerosmith, they'd probably be playing large theaters now as well. They wouldn't be, you know, outside of a, a few selective dates where maybe they'd play Madison Square Garden or, or things of that nature. I think they'd be relegated to playing larger theaters now, but that's not them. That's every band, as Mitch has just said. M- most of those bands that you just mentioned are in that same boat. It isn't because it's KISS, it's just economics, uh, Mm -hmm. what fans are are about, you know, any any band that has had 30, 40 years of longevity, well, the, you know, people that were around for the first album, I I think they're very hard-pressed to to be filling out, you know, parts of the arenas on a, a tour in 2015 and paying the prices that, you know that that these tickets are going for, um, so I mean, do do you guys think? I mean, do you think that Kiss would have disappeared had Paul and uh, excuse me had uh, Peter and Ace not come back into the fold?
1: Uh, disappeared? Nice, no, no. I think they, I, I think they would have just been a, like uh, a lot of bands, like your Quiet Riots and your Warrants. They would have just gone about doing you know the Chicago Rib Fest and the. Syracuse uh, boat show and all that wonderful stuff. And and quite frankly, I I think Paul Stanley would have really explored a solo career. Well, I think he would have maybe come back to Kiss once in a while, but I really think we would have had three, four Paul Stanley solo albums and three or four Paul Stanley solo tours, if not more. And uh, yeah, listen, uh, you'd have Gene and Paul now with probably not Eric and Tommy, probably two other hired guns playing the uh, Coronado beach party,
2: you know? Well, uh, you know, and so I, it's a lot of it is, you know, I, I hate to put it this way, but a lot of it is the costumes and the makeup and the bombs. Cause that's what people want to go see. You're good. You're, you, are you are you they are way more likely to get booked into an arena with the whole big show and the makeup and everything. But you know, they had the reunion had to happen to save them again. I do think that. I don't know that they would have gone under completely. They'd probably be doing package tours like, you know, you see other bands do now. They they'd be on package tours like. How many years did we see Journey and Foreigner and Sticks go out and tour every year? And Ario Speedwagon, they would have played amphitheaters. They would have been fine. I don't think they would have died, but I don't. No. I don't think they'd be doing massive tours like they've done over the last few years. I mean. I give I, Tommy and Eric credit. They're great players. They're great team players, and they're good members yes. of that band that keep the band going. I, they yes. deserve all the credit in the world, but at the same time, people are going to see the show. Kiss is the show of shows, and, and you know as it should be. that You go there to see Kiss to, see, to hear a lot of great tunes that you grew up on and watch a lot of shit get blown up.
1: Yeah, that's the one interesting question. Had they not done the reunion tour, would they at some point have realized that they need to put the makeup back on. And I think the answer is yes. I'm just curious no, yeah. how it would have played out. I mean, they, you know, Kiss playing the Ribfest fest in no makeup would not have been cool. So I'm sure somewhere around 2003 or 2000, you know, six or seven years later, they would have said, all right, just let's hire two guys and put some makeup on and let's go do this. And uh, that probably would have saved the brand. But as it is, I'm glad the reunion tour happened. I saw 11 yeah. shows. It, 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 it got the fan base interested. And quite frankly, it also turned around the music industry. We all got into this grunge, stare at your shoes kind of depressed mm-hmm. mode. And the KISS reunion tour is one of the things that put the fun back in rock and got people Ooh. talking about Def Leopard again and got people talking about new bands that were coming out that, that were selling that kind of music. So, you know, the KISS totally. reunion tour did more than just save KISS. It, it saved sort of fun rock, and uh, you know, good yeah. good for Kiss. It was, it was a good move.
2: But I think you know, I think having Ace and Peter involved was important because that was the hook. You know, it was oh, if sure. they had if they had, had Bruce and Eric and just said, hey, we're putting the makeup back on and doing a big show, it would have drawn more people. But having the hook of the first time in 17 years, the original four, that oh, was absolutely. The hook. And absolutely. Absolutely. You and know, they
1: would they would not have put the makeup on Bruce and Eric. They they would have gotten to like I said. 2005 and said we got nothing less in the toolbox what what can we pull out and they would have said well how uh-huh, about if we put them in I mean I think it would have happened but there would have been yeah. a delay yep. so there you go so our our, our three tracks are what they're, they're, it's Unholy Shock Me mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, War, Machine. The other one? War Machine War Machine War. there you go
0: And three an, really great songs for anyone yep. listening to this as I did with the previous episode there is no music included during this episode but you can go to marsattacksradio.com and find a Spotify playlist that will have all of these tracks included uh, so you could listen to them there or if you're so inclined uh, click on that Amazon link and purchase these excellent albums or tracks up there on Amazon as I always say support the bands you love and help the show out at the same time. So it's a win-win for everyone.
1: Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show.